Okay, raise your hand if you are either A, Oscar the Grouch in the morning and just detest mornings, or B, if you feel flustered, rushed, and just overall frustrated for most of your mornings trying to get yourself and your family out of the house. If you've listened to episode number 15 about morning routines, I swear by having a solid routine that you can do for yourself to start your day the way that you want to and not let the day happen to you. Because when you do, then you're subject to everybody's emotions and needs and desires, and guess who gets put on the back burner? You. Because of that, I have created this morning journal called the Chase Your Stars Journal, and it only takes five, 10 minutes if you're feeling crazy to change your routine and feel really good about the way that you're starting your day. It is all about feeling grateful for the things that you already have and magnetizing things that you really want to be a part of your life. And it will start your day from a place where you want to start it versus letting emails and social media and even your family decide how you're going to feel for the rest of your day. So head on over to amazon.com type in chase your stars journal and you can change your mornings forever it's gonna be awesome welcome to the chase your stars podcast my name is christy gomez and if you're looking to live your best and most expansive life or you want to be inspired to go chase your dreams then you've arrived in the right place my friend Inside, you'll find conversations about manifesting an incredible life, a little woo-woo mixed in, and be welcomed into a high-vibe space that will show you how beautiful this life can be when you share your gifts with the world. I am so glad that you're here. Grab your drink, grab a snack, and let's chat. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Chase Your Stars podcast. Today's podcast topic is brought to you by Steve from Blue's Clues. And his conversation this week with us that gave me all of the feels and that I was not prepared for. And I had actually been taking a walk earlier this week and thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And as I've mentioned in past podcasts, I like to go through the week and see what topics kind of hit me harder than others or I feel passionate about. And then usually that's what I cover on the podcast. So this week... I already had an idea about talking about triggers and that it was going to be a topic I wanted to cover because it's something that's really helped me personally grow a ton and really just bring me a lot of peace so that I don't feel I have other ways of telling what's actually going on underneath versus just thinking that everything's happening to me. I open up my Instagram and he's there like front and center. He, I click on his little you know, real or whatever it was. And it's Steve from Blue's Clues, which was one of my shows that I was definitely a little bit too old to watch, but I had nieces and nephews and they really loved it. And so some of my close friends, we just kind of, you know, became affectionate towards it and used some of the language, you know, like, here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. If you don't know, now you know. (laughs) It was a part of my childhood. And Steve... For those of you that don't know the background of Blue's Clues, it's a kid's cartoon show. It has a cute little blue dog, which is blue, and they go find clues, and it gives them a solve to the problem that they were trying to figure out the solution for. And Steve was the guy that was helping Blue find the clues. I guess Blue is helping him. I'm not really sure. But he left. He just left off the show out of nowhere, and he 
apparently, you know, went to college was the story behind it. And then a new Steve came behind him, which was Joe. And Joe just wasn't Steve. And that's just the facts. I mean, no, no shade to Joe, but he just was not cutting it, which wasn't Steve. And of course, I, you know, I wasn't hanging on to this <laughs> until now being 38 years old. You know, it wasn't something that I was like thinking about, like, I wonder what Steve's doing right now. You know, it wasn't that serious. But when he came back and I saw his face on my screen, I started bawling and it surprised me, but also felt really good. It was like very cathartic to cry out my, you know, he was just so sweet. If you haven't watched it, he was just like, you know, we've been through a lot together and these are all the things that we've done. Look how far we've come. You know, I still love you, you know, all this stuff. It was just very sweet. And I needed that. It was like closure that I didn't know I needed. And the code word for what actually happened there was I was triggered by what Steve was talking about. It wasn't Steve. It wasn't Steve personally that I was upset with. It wasn't Blue's Clues that I had this emotional attachment to. It was the person I was in that time. It was childhood and teenage Christy and emotions that she felt and worked through. It was abandonment, which I felt from, you know, being kicked out of the religion and not being spoken to by a lot of members of my family to this day. It brought back feelings that took me back to a a scared, uncomfortable version of Christy. It's good because those things are still underneath the top layer, whether or not you like it. You know, you can ignore it all you want. You can pretend it's not there. But those things will continue to unearth themselves until you look them in the face or like I've talked about, you know, turning the light on in your closet and realizing there's no monsters there. Until you actually look in the closet, you're just going to, the monsters are going to be in there, quote unquote, until you open the door and turn the lights on and realize that they're not, they're, they're in the closet and it will keep showing up in your life over and over in different ways until you heal it. So triggers, although they do kind of suck in the moment, especially in a point where they catch you off guard and you're completely blindsided by it but they have a lot to teach you and it's really helpful to heal from it. And growing up, you know, I had a lot of things that triggered me that I didn't realize were there. And so many things we have can be from defense mechanisms or just trying to, you know, cope (laughs) growing up, figuring out who we are. Even if we had an amazing childhood and everything was great, there were still things that you went through that, were probably tough, things you hadn't experienced before and ways that depending on how you were raised, you were taught to be able to handle those things. And emotions for me was one of those where I didn't grow up in a household where it was okay to talk about things. We didn't we didn't like sit down and like, tell me how you feel. You know, it wasn't like that. It was, everything's cool, let's keep it moving. Like, don't worry about things you can't control. We're just gonna control what you can control. And, and so when I had emotions to process, my natural expectation of it was, keep it moving. Let's keep it going. And not until in my early 20s, I realized a lot of those emotions that was at one point a coping mechanism turned into anxious behavior and anxiety and slight panic attacks. And realizing that gave me a tool to be able to help unearth some of those feelings that I was feeling and cope with it. I didn't have to take medicine. I didn't have to 
uh, even though I was prescribed medicine, which is, which don't get me wrong, this is, that's no shade thrown against medicine. It was just something that I was able to work through on my own. And that was really helpful for me to know what I was working with because my body was trying to tell me like, hey, you don't need to hold on to these feelings anymore. This isn't serving you anymore. You can let these go. But they were all underneath. Triggers have a funny way of showing up like that for us. And it doesn't necessarily have to be as serious as, you know, abuse or childhood trauma or things that happened that were, you know, was a a big moment in your life. It can be just things that you were taught to do or behave like, or um, you were taught that this was going to be the outcome if you did this, that can trigger you. And little things can show you where you have some things that may be helpful for you to heal. A lot of times what we do is we point the finger at other people around us and make them the problem of how they're making us feel. But here's the catch. We are the only ones that have control over how we feel. So regardless of what people are doing around us, the more clear we are with who we are and what we want to feel and how we want to feel, the better our experience is going to be as a human on this planet. If we allow other people to dictate our emotions and quote unquote trigger us, then we are constantly going to be in a state of stress, anxiety, fear, depression, whatever whatever feeling we're allowing ourselves to take on from people around us. And so this trigger episode at the very base of it is for me to tell you, if you're being triggered, it's something within you that needs to heal. It's not the people around you that are causing this problem. The people around you are opening your eyes to the fact that there's something in you that you can give some love to and shed some light on so that you don't have to continue to hang on to those emotions anymore. Triggers can come in all forms. It's interesting because the topic that got me inspired originally before Steve came and wrecked my Wednesday, (laughs) that got me inspired to talk about triggers was random. I was walking through my neighborhood and there's like a, a pretty big walking path. It's a, it's a gated community. And so you, you know, it's just pretty much neighbors coming in and out. We have a few police officers that live in the neighborhood. And for whatever reason, I, when I see a police officer, I immediately feel guilty. It is just the emotion that's triggered within me for, I question myself immediately, like, what am I doing wrong? And I walk around the neighborhood, you know, I'm fully dressed, I'm not like flashing anybody, I'm not yelling, I'm not playing my drum set or whatever. I don't know. I'm not doing anything that would draw attention or anything illegal for that matter. And yet, my initial instinct is to worry about what I'm doing wrong. Every if I asked you a question right now and said, how do you feel about police officers? I would get a range of emotions. You might tell me that you are so grateful that your father is a police officer, that your grandfather has been a police runs in the family, that you've been saved by a police officer, he saved your life, you've been uh, helped in the time that you needed it. You might have told me you've had a really bad experience. Maybe you've gotten pulled over and had a douchebag cop that was didn't let you off the hook or, you know, the, the range of experiences can completely vary. That for you can be something that triggers you, or maybe it completely does not. But there might be something underneath that that needs to heal. 
Because I'm sure you would agree, not every human police officer is a bad person, even if the ones that you've had experiences with have been bad experiences. And conversely, not every police officer is a good human because that's life and that's just the truth of how it is. But that doesn't mean all police officers are bad. So in that case, for me, Christy, I'm walking through, you know, this nice neighborhood, not doing anything wrong, and I'm feeling that way. That's not the police officer's fault. They didn't do anything. He was just driving by. He didn't say anything. He probably wasn't even, I was probably not on the brain at all. But yet it was something that I felt subconsciously. Going back, it's probably because I, as a kid, (laughs) I don't know if I should share this information. I very rarely had insurance on my car for like years. And I did it because you know, I was just like spending my money however I wanted. And insurance was like 200 bucks a month. So expensive. Thankfully, knock on wood, I never got in any accidents. And I was always kind of on edge of, I wonder if I'll get pulled over or if maybe my sticker was later. Maybe I didn't get my registration done. You know, those were things that was inside of me. So when I saw police officers, that was the emotion that I put onto them. Even though they did nothing, it still was the emotion that I put onto them. And so this can happen with anything you're triggered by. And it's a lot of times when I notice it, it's like personality traits. And triggers don't necessarily have to be something huge where you're like, wow, I'm so angry. It can just be something that emotionally catches you off guard and you're like, oh, I don't like her. And you have no idea why you don't like her. It's just like a vibe you get. And if you just allow yourself to take it one step further, usually you can figure out a why. You know, I took a class recently and I was in this, it's a workout class and there was a bunch of people in different pods. So you had partners that were kind of given to you. And there was a girl in one of the pods with me that was encouraging and calling things out. And she would, you know, how many seconds we had left or how many, if we could do a little bit more or work a little bit harder. And I realized that it was annoying to me. And it wasn't actually her that was annoying. It was how I was perceiving her information. So I wasn't, it, she wasn't doing anything wrong. She was trying to be helpful. She was giving helpful information. She wasn't too much. She was actually really nice and friendly and welcoming. And so all the things that you'd want in another human, but for some reason it bothered me. And in the moment, It doesn't mean you can't necessarily put your finger on it, but if you're not, if you haven't dug into triggers yet and things that, that get you, give you that emotional rise, then it might take a little more time to peel back and figure it out. But as you get better at it, you can usually point it out in the moment. For me, I like to be a helpful person. I like to be somebody that motivates people. I like to be somebody that gets people excited and feeling like they're doing really well. And I haven't been to this class you know, ever before this time. And so it was a brand new place with brand new people. And so when I'm in a new place with new people, I tend to be a little bit more reserved, a little bit more observant and kind of figure out where I fit in and where I can be helpful without forcing myself into a situation. It's just kind of naturally how I, how I vibe when I get into new spaces. And she was established there. She had been there for a while. You know, she's calling people by name. So she knew people and she was doing her part to be helpful. And it triggered me. It made me like, I wouldn't say annoyed, but like, okay, like, thanks, we get it. 
but it wasn't her. It was me feeling like I would like to be that person that's doing those things and feeling that way, but I'm not. And so I am going to place that emotion and that blame on this lovely girl who's trying to get me psyched up for some burpees to take that feeling away from me or have a, have a way to kind of cope or deal with that feeling. And I'm sure you can think of examples like that for yourself. And one that I know is pretty consistent across the board, at least from what I've seen, is money triggers. I have done a lot of work personally for my beliefs around money. And so I follow people on Instagram that I believe to be expanders for me. And what I mean by that is people who show me what it's like to live with wealth and not just to have, you know, a bunch of money and spend it on crazy stuff, but literally how people who are wealthy live. Because if I've never experienced being wealthy, at least not yet, and I am looking to do that for myself and for my family, leave a legacy, then I want to be able to see people in my environment that are doing that. Obviously, if I'm looking to build wealth and a legacy, I'm not going to follow people who have a closed money mindset, who think that there's not enough money out there, who are, you know, just trying to figure out paycheck to paycheck, how to get by and complaining that there's not never enough. You know, that's not going to help me grow and expand. So the people that I follow on social media I mean, not everybody, but there are people I follow on social media that are in that mindset, which helps me. And it's interesting because I try not to get too deep into comments and comment threads on things because there's always that person. And it just makes me crazy because I don't understand how people go out of their way to have time to say mean things, but they're that's just the way some people want to live. And so to each their own. But for me on these, a couple girls that I follow, they're always trying to be helpful. They don't flaunt their money in a way of like, look at my purse, like this is what I bought today. It's never like that. It's from a place of, if I can do it, you can do it. If I was living in my car eight years ago, then, and here I am now, that means that in eight years from now or less, you can do the same thing. Here's the tools, here's what I've done, here's how I changed my mindset, things like that. But there are people who just are so triggered by money and what money means to them, that they blame the people around them for how money makes them feel. And it's not about the money. And it's not about the people on Instagram. It's about you and what coping mechanisms, emotions, scars, you know, things that you've had to deal with, what that's made you believe about money And being able to heal that is how you're able to clear up space to grow in that place. So if I say to you, I love money, I am excited to have my bank account continue to grow. I'm excited to be able to help people. I'm excited to feel proud of what I have and help my family. I'm excited to go on vacations and have the things that I want to have and feel comfortable in this life. All those things are true. Again, I've healed myself. uh, I've healed a lot with money. If I would have been, if this would have been Christy from three, five years ago, that conversation might have given me a different emotional response. And for me to say, I love money and truly feel that way and not feel bad about that or embarrassed about that, for you to say that out loud, that might mean something completely different for you. Maybe it didn't trigger anything inside you. And maybe it made you feel like, wow, Christy's kind of greedy. I didn't realize she felt that way about money. Or Christy uh, 
is superficial. You know, I can't believe she would say that. (laughs) I didn't give you any different information. I didn't say anything that would have made you feel that way. I mean, it, it might have made you feel that way, but I didn't say, screw everybody who doesn't have money. You guys are a bunch of assholes. It's money time. You know, like I didn't, do, I, didn't, I didn't say anything nuts like that. It was just, I shared my belief with you. And that is truly what I believe. But if that made you feel uncomfortable, upset, angry, frustrated, jealous, uh, envious, confused, whatever, happy, glad, you know, I don't know, whatever emotion it made you feel, it is a sign for you to see where there might be something that needs to heal. And money is a topic that really gets people fired up. But it doesn't have to be the root of all evil. It might have been something that's been ingrained in your mind if that's what your parents always told you or your grandparents always told you or if you always heard you have to work hard for every dollar you get. You Nothing's given to you. You're never going to make it in this world unless you work, you know, 60 hour weeks and you grind, grind, grind. You know, it's all in what your learnings have been for you and what is true for you. But triggers come up when you have beliefs that are saying one thing and the the world around you is saying something completely different, it's usually when those beliefs no longer serve you. And could you be triggered by things that are true for you and things that you don't want to heal? Yeah, I mean, there's obvious things that you wouldn't want to see happening, you know, things, bad things that happen to people. Like, you know, anybody who has watched the Sarah McLaughlin freaking ASPCA commercial, is that who it is? you know, with the dogs and the crates and stuff, like, okay, if you're not triggered by that, then you're probably a psychopath. I'm just saying. (laughs) Immediately, Sarah McLachlan has ruined that song for herself. It's like sad doggies. It's just terrible. Ugh. Is that a trigger that you would need to fix? No, and not all triggers are. So I don't want to misguide you on triggers being bad. A lot of times triggers can be things that instinctually are showing up for us to warn us about things that they aren't the way that they're supposed to be. When you walk into a room and somebody's attitude triggers you, it could make you feel like, okay, maybe this isn't a place I want to be. There are reasons why those things will come up too. Where where I'm bringing triggers into the conversation is in ways where it gives you opportunities to become the best version of yourself and also live in a place where your main feelings, your main vibe is cool, calm, and collected. Like that is ideal, right? Where you know how you want to feel. Your base level is chill. Like I'm not going to be swayed by these people. They can have their opinion. They can say their things like this is how I want to feel. That is a really nice place to be. But if you want to chase dreams and chase stars and go after your your big goals, there's going to be people out there that are going to trigger you. Not everybody is going to be your future customer. Not everybody is going to believe in what you're doing or what you have to say. But if you're coming from a place where you expect that and you also can't be thrown off your your mountain, I don't know what I would want to use for analogy there. You know, I was the first thing that popped into my head was like American gladiators. Remember back in the day where they would both be on their little pedestals and then like one guy would have would be like blue and red and they'd have like those foam things that look kind of like a like a oar with two sides. This is why I need a YouTube channel. I have things that I have to show you guys and I just can't do it on my podcast. Where they hit the each other, you know, and try to knock each other off the pedestal. I don't know. Is is that 
I mean, I was young when American Gladiator come. I don't know my age group here, but either way, get an idea of this. You're on a pedestal, somebody else on a pedestal, somebody else is trying to knock you off and you're holding strong because you're a beast. That is the ultimate standard foundational emotional state that you want to be in. Nobody can knock you off your pedestal. And so here's a surefire trigger trick for you to know what's truly a trigger and what isn't. Is if somebody said to me right now, um, Christy, I think you're addicted to coffee. Like, could you drink any more coffee? I think you keep Starbucks in business. Like, how do you drink so much coffee? That, I mean... Okay, yeah, I mean, I do. That wouldn't bother me. I've been obsessed with Starbucks for like, I don't know, 11 years. I mean, I moved here in 09, so yeah, like 12 years. And I've drank it the whole time. Yeah, I've spent a lot of money on it. Yeah, I love it. It's delicious. Like, that doesn't bother me because I agree with that information. I believe it. I feel solid in how I feel about it. And so you can say whatever you want, but okay, cool story, bro. Like, I love my coffee. It's not going anywhere. But if somebody said to me, I think you're a bad mom and I think you should spend more time with Owen. And I don't necessarily believe I'm a bad mom, but that gives me that like, ugh, feeling. Like even just saying it out loud to myself gave me like that, oh, like punch in the gut feeling. And it's because as a parent, I feel like I could always be doing a better job. You know, you're trying to guide and raise another human to become a good person out in the world. And there's times where I raise my voice. There's times where I wish I would have done things differently. There's times where I, you know, I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but there's definitely a point, a part of me that feels triggered when somebody brings up my abilities as a mom. So if somebody on social media today was like, could you drink any more coffee? I'd be like, probably. I mean, I probably could, but that would never bother me. But if somebody on social media commented on a picture of Owen and I and was like, wow, you're a shitty mom, huh? That would feel completely different to me. And it's not, I mean, is it their right? Should they have said something like that? Probably not. But it's not about them because if I believed that I wasn't a shitty mom, not that I think I'm a shitty mom, but if I believed I didn't have opportunities as a mom where I could do a better job, that wouldn't, it would just roll off my back. It'd be just like water under the bridge. Ain't a big deal. Like, I know I'm a great mom. You know, I'm just using this example because I think it's relatable. I don't, I'm not looking for compliments here (laughs) or, you know, whatever. The difference is in the triggers of what can actually get a rise out of you and what can't. So what you can do at the beginning, these are your options when it comes to triggers. I could really go back at that person and be like, screw you, you asshole. Like, you don't have a right to say that. Like, who do you don't know me? And I could place the emotions back onto that person, feeling like they are the ones that deserve to feel that emotion. That's an option, right? The second option I have is to look at why did I feel such an emotional rise when a random stranger on the internet that doesn't mean jack to me, that doesn't know me, said something to me that they don't have all of the information about, get, got a rise out of me. Why? Why did all of a sudden that happen to me? That's way better time well spent than me being in the moment and trying to point fingers at how they made me feel. The more you understand where your trigger points are, the better focus you can have on those things to go back to that truly happy, super chill, fabulous state where things just roll off and nothing really bothers you. 
and it's an ongoing thing. It's not as easy as like, oh, figure that out and keep it moving because there's going to be things that trigger us no matter what we do. But there's triggers that we can let go of that we don't need to hang on to that don't serve us if they were beliefs from childhood or, or ways we coped with trauma or ways we just made it through our lives in the past. If those things are continuing to trigger us, then those are signs from our body, from our brains to say, hey, look over here. Let's see if we can let this go. It's really heavy and I don't want to carry it anymore. And usually those things will really help you create some space and help you move on and have less of an emotional response to things. This is, this works for everything, especially in relationships. You know, if you think about it, you're a human with all of these needs, wants, desires, thoughts, beliefs, right? And then you're in a house with another human that has all these needs, wants, desires, ideas, beliefs, and you're putting you two together in a place where you don't go anywhere. You're probably seeing more of each other because of the past year of COVID and all that stuff. And then you add in other little humans that you gave birth to or, you know, had come into your lives. And these humans are also another person with ideas, thoughts, beliefs. That's a lot of stuff happening where there's going to be misunderstandings. There's going to be difference of opinion. There's going to be things that are said that aren't meant and so on. But if you, instead of lashing out and feeling triggered by things, to pause for a moment and ask yourself, why am I feeling triggered by this right now? What is making me so upset about this? And figure out why you're to blame for that trigger versus saying my significant other doesn't care about me. My kid's an asshole. You know, whatever emotion, it's easier in the moment to pin back on them. The emotion's coming up for you for a reason. What kind of things are being brought up? And a lot of times it may be something that, maybe your spouse is doing unknowingly or even knowingly that you can have a conversation about to help so that those emotions don't keep being brought to the surface. If you're triggered by it, it's probably a good sign that it's something to communicate with. But it doesn't have to be something that rocks you as soon as it happens. Remember, American Gladiators, you're you're on your pedestal, right? So we're not going to, we're not going to get knocked off. We're trying to stay on the pedestal. So even as things are knocking us, like, yeah, we'll take a blow here and there, we continue to communicate it, we realize that we're not in a situation where other people are doing this to us. We have something that's coming up for us that's true, that's a story that we keep telling ourselves as a belief, and as we heal that, then we'll be able to handle the things around us a lot more calmly and from a place of understanding and not feeling like smacked in the face, blues clues style. You know what I mean? That's that example is something that might continue to come up forever if you had stuff happen in your childhood or things that still impact you or grief or things that come up that's a story that's ongoing. I'm not saying these triggers are going to necessarily go away, but I can tell you from being able to identify that you have a trigger, even if you need to work through it, even if you need to communicate it, whatever it is, it helps to heal it. It doesn't make it magically go away, but it also helps you put less blame on the people around you and realize that you are creating the life that you are living right now and your emotions are going to dictate how you feel within that life. So the quicker you are to be able to communicate, work through the feelings that you don't want to feel anymore or don't believe you need to feel anymore. They, they might have served you when you were trying to survive, but now you're in a different place in life where you don't need that anymore. 
those are the ones you can let go of and truly heal and become the version of yourself that is that freaking awesome American gladiator. Cool, calm, collected. You still punch a bitch, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. You still <laughs> can manage your emotions and the triggers that will come from that. I would love to hear through DMs, your conversations, what you thought about this episode. If you have triggers that have continued to come up for you, and if you have triggers that you want to run by me, there's a good chance I might have had them. I had a lot of crazy stuff come up in my life and I've worked through a lot of stuff. So I'd love to help you work through what things are coming up for you and see if we can get rid of some of that stuff and make you an awesome American gladiator. So send me a DM at I'm perfectly healthy or at chase your stars podcast so that we can chat. That is what I have for today, friends. Thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure to chat with you. I will see you next Friday. And until then, go chase those stars. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in today to the Chase Your Stars podcast, my friend. If you like these vibes, then please subscribe so we can hang more often. I release new episodes every Friday, so I hope to see you then. And until then, go chase those stars.